0: Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Thomas Takeover postgame show. We are live here at Studio D in Cheek de Vegas, New York. I'm your host, General O'Dale. We got Ryan Thomas. We got DJ Supreme. Show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. The finest pizza in all of Western New York. This show, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Let's get right into it, guys. Buffalo Bills very tough L today at home felt like the Patriots in week four they lose to the Baltimore Ravens 24 to 17 fall to nine and four still have the five seed but we, we were just checking those four o'clock games the Steelers moved eight and five after a big win in Arizona and the Titans currently have 21 points they're gonna move to eight and five so how crucial is next Sunday night gonna be in Pittsburgh but obviously Ryan let's start talking about today's game first
1: Oh, man, this was this was a heartbreaker because I think for a lot of Bills fans going into it, uh, we have expectations before the game, and then the expectations kind of change as the game flows. And with this game ending the way that it did, I thought, oh, we, we could have won this one. We, we had it in certain moments. We, we left some plays on the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, and it was a rough loss, to say the least, for the fourth loss of the season.
2: Yep, and Al, you said it best. It was Patriots week, week four, 2.0. I mean, defense couldn't have asked for anything more. Offense really could have asked for anything else. Right. And, you know, now we're sitting in 9-4. and four. We're still in the driver's seat for our playoff destiny with a huge matchup coming up in Pittsburgh next week. I You know, I, I tapered my own expectations. I thought after the Cowboys game that we could find a way to get this one done today by playing a strong defensive game and and showing up on offense. And we did half of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, this game, if you put it into perspective, we were 16 yards away from tying the best team. In the yeah. So, I mean, there's yeah, a that- lot of positives to talk about in this game. Obviously, some negatives, but that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, driving home today and, you know, listening to the postgame show a little bit and hearing McDermott talk, it was really cool. And, like, I loved him saying, you know, there are no moral victories with this nope. team. No. And it's like they have the in that locker room and as an organization, it's... They play the game to win. Every single game now. It's to win the AFC championship. It's to win the Super Bowl. and just loved hearing him say that. And they were they were just so damn close once again today. But it's just like throughout the whole game, it felt like you were right there. They kept right. it within one score. Obviously, starting off the second half of that touchdown to a damper. Then you go two touchdowns down the fourth co- quarter. But after both those scores. That Bills got it with into a score in the in the second quarter and or um, at the start of the third and then in the fourth quarter answered with a touchdown right away. Yep. So it just felt like that entire game we were so close and we did not capitalize on some Ravens turnovers.
2: Yep. Right. It felt it felt like that State Farm commercial with the guy with the with the dollar bill on the fishing pole it,
0: oh you're so
2: close, you're so close you couldn't get it. But oh, man, oh, Thomas, yeah. what, I mean, <sighs> it's just it's it, it's tough to go through a tease like that where you love to see the Bills not giving up, but it's just we could never get over the hump offensively.
1: Right, and I said last week when we were riding an all-time high with that win against Dallas that that the team is a direct reflection of its coach. Sean McDermott, as you said, I listened to his post-game comments on the drive home from OP as well, and I thought, what better, I guess – way to look at that loss than to say there are no moral victories we were close but not close but no cigar you know we, we we needed to finish a lot of offensive drives within that game in order to you know make it a win rather than a loss we didn't do that and Sean McDermott kind of I thought he handled things the right way and that's how you want your coach to respond after a really tough loss like that
2: oh certainly and I, I love what McDermott has done with the team keeping them pretty even keel throughout the season because we've, we've had some big wins like Dallas. Now, this is, this is a pretty sizable loss given the playoff implications that were at stake for not just us, but Baltimore as well. But we were, that was a game that was there for the taking. Our playoff destiny is still in our own hands. Yep. But he's keeping it week to week with the boys. And you love to see that. You know, You love to see that they're not quitting. And you love to see that they're keeping it even keel because in years past, it was like a roller coaster ride.
0: And shout out to the Buffalo Bills defense for not quitting today. Imagine putting that effort every single drive and have that offense come on the field and go three and out again. And you got to get back out there again. And the way that that defense played today – I mean that was the, I mean we're talking about positives that's the number one positive today. it oh, really 100%. goes to show you that this Buffalo Bills defense can compete with any single offense in this NFL when this Ravens offense was the best one so far in the NFL in 2019 to see what they did Lamar Jackson only threw for 145 yards only ran for 40. Yeah, I mean, that's half the production right. typically, that what he's doing on a typical basis. And the defense, Leslie Frazier, McDermott, they had him ready to go.
1: Right, and as I said, you kind of go into a game with expectations. Well, if you were to tell me that Lamar Jackson would only throw for 145 yards and only run for 40 – I would think that the Bills, the Bills would, win. Would, would win, yeah, and oh, yeah. and and for this offense to just you know kind of uh, be the thorn in the side, you know, it, it was reminiscent of the Week Four loss to the Patriots and reminiscent of the loss to the uh, Cleveland Browns and to the Eagles and kind of those same offensive slow start habits where you're forced to kick three field goals with Steven Hauschka. Yep. That's, that's not what you want to see in, in this particular game, let alone this late in the season, and there's definitely a lot to dive into with that. <laughs> right, field
2: goals weren't going to be enough today, and it—it it, it was a, it was apparent throughout the entire first half where we were just sort of anemic on offense, three and out after three and out after three and out. I mean, we couldn't connect on the deep ball. I think that there was some spotty play calling throughout the first half where plays that you – you would have liked dialed up at different times. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't hate the play itself. You just hated situationally, the situation when yeah. it was right? Called for sure, for some of those deep yep. balls where you would have liked to see the chains moved a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you know, Allen. I mean, we've discussed it ad nauseum on the on the show here, but. Allen has been doing well with the short and intermediate game. Let's why 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 weren't we moving those chains a little bit more? Why yeah. were we taking the home run shot when we didn't really need to? It was the first half. It was the first quarter. Even yep.
0: And guys, the playbook's out on the Buffalo Bills and Josh. Allen. Yeah, it 100%. is called bring the house, bring, bring, bring the heat, the pressure, and that's since that Week Four game against the Patriots. It, it, when teams do that to Josh Allen, I'm going to give you guys some numbers. I don't know if you saw this. So how many times do you guys think the Baltimore Ravens today? And brought and like brought the house. At least 15 20
2: I was gonna say somewhere in that range. Yeah, Whoa.
0: thirty times. Wow. Thirty. Wow. Blitzed Whoa. thirty times today. When he was blitzed, seven of twenty-four with a twenty-nine percent completion percentage. Other numbers. Wow. Josh Allen today, one for eleven with passes of fifteen plus yards down the field. oh for eleven outside the pocket. One for sixteen under duress. The playbook is there, folks. Bring pressure. Bring the house. And Josh Allen's right now not succeeding. And you saw today when the Bills brought some pressure on Lamar Jackson, yeah, he messed up a couple times, threw a pick, took a sack, but he also made some unbelievable throws and gave his receivers a chance to make a catch. And I think that's the big difference right now between a quarterback like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. is Right now when Josh Allen's under pressure, it's not happening. So, I mean, Ryan, I'll go right through on that.
1: And I I would agree, and obviously numbers don't lie in in this scenario and and in this case and in this game. I mean, there were moments where you could see the – the blitzing safety or or see the blitzing linebacker and Josh Allen would just try to roll out and then just make one read where it was like that was all he had time to do and it was a little bit of Allen deciding whether or not he should run, deciding whether or not he should pass, he obviously he did have that foot injury as well, which right. I think threw a huge wrench in his game. He needs to have that uh, mobility as as his, you know, you know, backup. Like the plan. Escapability. Right, right. He did not have that today beyond that injury. And I guess you could say too that I think it's a huge testament to Harbaugh as a coach to Neutralize Allen. Allen's the biggest weapon on this offense, whether we you know like it or not. You know that the, he's the biggest weapon that we have, and whether it's with his legs or with his arm, those stats are. Are anemic at had best.
0: Ever, had, <laughs> but no, other than but the yeah. Ravens stats, right. have you ever seen that before? I don't think I've ever watched an NFL game where they were consistently bringing the house. That was like me playing Madden, 2004, engaging eight. Engaging when I, eight. That was my favorite engage. play. Yeah, that was eight. my favorite defensive yep. play. And I, Bring it. And I just, <laughs> Bring the and, heat. And there's no respect for Josh Allen in the deep ball. They, nope. they that is a factor. Right. S- they always have seven or eight in the box, and there's literally there's – no there's no two safeties deep for Josh Allen. Shout,
1: shout out to when – You know, you guys had Tim Graham on the Trainwreck Tonight show. I remember you mentioned that Josh Allen is not hooked up on his deep ball, and that was was a little bit earlier in the season, and it was a factor then. Now it is the most glaring weakness within their offense that they can't stretch the field. And it's not that they don't have the receivers. It's not that they don't have the weapons or anything like that. I see that on Twitter all the time, and it blows my mind. They got John Brown. They got McKenzie. They got Foster. They got guys that have speed. Are they OBJ or Julio Jones? No, but – Josh Allen can't even hit the deep ball. I mean, it's, it's still a factor. It's still a big, big issue within the offense.
2: Right. And with Allen, you saw him connecting on deep balls over the past three weeks. I mean, he was, he, he, we weren't playing the Baltimore Ravens defense over the last mm-hmm. three weeks, but he has been connecting on those passes, which was a, it was a positive trend. It was like a breath of fresh air for us. Cause now, you know, like, oh, he can hit all three phases of the pass, but Today, you got to give a lot of credit, as you said, to the mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens coaching staff, which has a Super Bowl pedigree, which we I feel like we forget about constantly, because Harbaugh, he's phenomenal and he's been there for a, a decade long
1: time. now. Yeah. I mean, 10 you 10 don't see coaches
2: there. with tenure like that in the NFL right. these days. No. Plus, you got to give a lot of credit to the Baltimore Ravens secondary because watching it from the broadcast at Rec Room with Ty B. It was really difficult to see, you know, when when you're when you two were at the game, right. you can see it a lot better because you get to see the whole field. Yep. You really you can see yeah. what the yep. what the coverage looks like and how tight those those cornerbacks and those safeties might be on the players. We didn't really get a good look at it until the end of the first half where you're like, Ooh, is this Allen making some bad decisions or is this like he just doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball? And it turned into the ladder some of the replays that they were showing at rec room, you know, over the CBS broadcast. So, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Baltimore. I mean, their offense, it's number one in the league. Couldn't have asked for anything more about our defense, but I think that while we were so focused on the offense, maybe we overlooked their defense a little bit because they're no slouch either.
0: No, I mean, you, I mean that you saw they You see, they've won, they've won what nine straight games now. Right, the defense is filthy. I mean, you, I mean Earl Thomas, Oh, former, Legion of Boom, right, yep. Marcus, Peters, Marcus Peters, Kenny Smith, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, they're they're so a very they're very solid defensive team.
1: And what I noticed today, at least, it it kind of is like the old verbiage of the NFL is the the game is won or lost at the line of scrimmage the Ravens defensive line was phenomenal I thought today they they really pieced up Buffalo's offensive line in in moments throughout the game and it was when there were moments where Buffalo's offensive line was allowing the rush to come in you know and and not protect as well Josh Allen would try to get the ball out of his hand but even when Josh Allen somewhat had protection it was almost like he couldn't find the open receiver which that's not what we saw against Dallas. We saw him surveying the field against Dallas, manipulating the defense, yep. and finding the open receiver, creating an open route. We didn't see that at
0: all today. He, real quick, you saw right. some frustrated Bills wide receivers today. You right. talk about how Did. we have the angle where we can see that and you yeah. can't on TV. Yeah, especially. Yeah. John Brown, um, I think even Roberts. Mm-hmm. Like, there's sometimes they yep. wide open. So it's that's the one thing that, you know, when you're at the game, you can see when wide receivers are very frustrated after plays because Allen's only looking to the left side of the field, the right side of the field and that side's open. Right. On, a,
1: on a crucial third down in the game, Josh Allen had Cole Beasley wide open and Cole Beasley waved his hand, waved his arms out to try to not, you know, show too much that he was open, but that he was open and, Josh Allen was just looking at one guy. That's um, something that is a little bit worrisome to me because I didn't see that last week. I saw him survey the field and, and look at his options.
2: Right, it was a little Tyrod-esque, yeah, if you right, will. Right. You know, how many times did Tyrod leave people wide open, especially over the middle of the field? I think it was just with Allen, he's got a, you know, he is a young quarterback, and you can't expect everyone to be like Lamar Jackson in terms of their escapability— I think with the Baltimore front seven, they did a great job. Where a lot of other teams that we played throughout the season have not, they they don't make the tackle. They they the the front seven for Baltimore was like sticky almost, where they were they were trapping Allen much to what the Bills did really well throughout the day too with with Jackson. Um, they were crowding
1: but, Allen really well. Allen yeah. wasn't
2: able to create like roll out of the pocket too much, or at least as much as he has been in weeks past. And I think that that really, you know, obviously was a detriment to us and our uh, ability to move the chains today. And the, for thing, sure. and
0: the how about the so let's get into the game a little bit. Yeah. Yep. So first three drives to the Bills. Allen over three on deep balls. I think it was. Brown, the first one. I know Knox was the third one. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the second one, but that was the third the, one we was we were Foster,
1: so maybe. But yeah I, like made, Foster. yeah, I wanted
0: to make the Ravens pay so bad because they're just they're just crowding the line, just disrespecting him. And he was so close. I That's the most frustrating thing. Oh, for three on deep balls in those first three drives. And
1: that's why the defense approaches Buffalo's offense that way. They're, they're trying to pressure Allen and they, they're not worried about him hitting that deep ball because he hasn't hit that deep ball all, all season outside of that. Big touchdown to Brown. Um, At least consistently. At least consistently, you should say. Yeah. And I mean, I really thought that this offensive game plan would, would somewhat take the ball out of Allen's hands and not force him to throw for as many attempts as he did. I felt like he threw a bunch today. I don't know the final number. Yeah. That's a lot of pass attempts. I thought that um, the game kind of scripted itself out that way, but early on the game plan for me would have been to just wear down Baltimore's defense and try to win the TOP time of possession battle, pound the ball with Singletary and Gore. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but I remember thinking in those early drives that they were throwing the ball a little bit too much too early.
2: Yeah. I, I think with, you know, they were so focused on trying to take advantage of what the defense was giving them, which was, you know, much All to the credit push. of the Ravens were the most difficult plays that Allen could make with his arm and, you know, falling into that trap a little bit, if you will, because you know, you would have liked to see a few first down conversions. You would right. like to see some movement in the chains, you know, yep. maybe even if the drives didn't turn into anything, you would have just liked to see something, but it was just three and out after three and out. And... You know, you're, it's hard to get a feel, you know, get things moving offensively, and then you're making it hard on your defense, which it was hard on them all game.
1: Yeah, the good word for it was their offense was was reeling, really, essentially, the whole day. Yeah, yeah, great word for it. <laughs> for sure.
0: And guys, hate to uh, put a little damper on everything. I'm, I'm going to bring it up right now. I uh, uh, just want to no. let you guys know that the New England Patriots just lost at home to the Ken's, Kansas City Chiefs, which would have meant that... We would have been first place in the AFC with a win over the Ravens, and we would have clinched a playoff spot right now live on this show. Whoa. Can you believe that? Oh, man. The road through the AFC, if the Bills would win out, which right now, obviously a tough matchup in Pittsburgh next week. you got to still beat New England, but they look awful. Just think think how crazy that is. In December, we're talking about that. The one seed.
1: The one seed, the, the road to the AFC Championship. Would have went through Buffalo. Everything you know, if, if happened. Every would have went, according single to plan thing out. happened
0: today. Denver beat Houston. Tampa beat the Colts. Titans beat the Raiders. Every single thing happened today, other than a Buffalo win over them. Sixteen yards away from tying that game.
2: And you know what? I'm I'm actually I'm not as upset as I would would typically be about this, just considering that the Bills still control their destiny. I mean, we're nine and four. We have you know winnable games throughout the rest of the season it's that that patriots game is as winnable as it's ever looked you know as a buffalo bills fan period i mean especially losing to the chiefs and with our defense clicking the way it has but you know that that is oh man that is that is tough it really
1: really is a tough pill to swallow because just seeing that game and seeing it live it, it it hurt in that game i have to be quite honest with you like leaving the stadium and it was my first bills game in a couple years that i went to and just knowing that it was there it was there for the taking and they did not take it over i
0: I remember how pissed we were (laughs) after new england
1: right that's i feel the exact i actually feel worse about this loss to be honest Uh, i feel worse uh, about it because i feel like um you know the national media from their perspective they they've been saying that the ravens are the best team in the nfl and i i can't really disagree with that but just knowing how close we were to coming back in that game—it's—it's it's just like we—we yeah. can't—we—we we need to get over that hump. I'm—I'm I'm so tired of feeling like this. Like after these losses, it's like we—we we can get over that hump. We got the—the the talent. It's we're just so, we're so close. X's and O's wise, it just needs to mesh.
0: Yep. Right. And, and that, that, yeah.
2: Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, at least with this McDermott Bills team, the way that he has the guys focused. I guess if we lose that game today, but looking at nine and four in our next three matchups. I'm still very confident going into these next three games that we're going to find a way to, to win, you know, two, two out, out of three. Right.
1: I think they can win two out of three as well. And no. I, Oh, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think mean, there really
0: is no excuses. But obviously, as a Bills fan, you always have the worst case scenario in your head automatically. It doesn't oh, yes. matter. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. And you got to go against a tough team next week. On the road, same thing with New England. I mean, going to the Jets game, yeah, having to win that football game.
2: No, that's and that's I, I that's a possibility, that, and right? then it could all be it could all come down to the Jets at home in Week 17. But it also not, like yeah. nothing, nothing this season has gone how it usually does.
0: Exactly, and
2: that's why I've, I kind of like you know I I'm holding out the optimism and and cautiously at that. But I I see the Bills. Going into Pittsburgh next week, putting up a great matchup. You know, a, a, another yep. close game, whether it's win or lose. And I don't, I am not scared by the Patriots the way no. that I
0: was I in the beginning of the season.
1: What's funny to me, and I, I thought this uh, last week after the Dallas game, this the Bill season this year, the, the way they've won games, the games that they have won, how they've won them, and the games that they've lost and how they lost them. It's almost like it's a, it's a really fun script. To like a, an amazing movie and you're just waiting to see how it's gonna end.
0: Which you're narrating.
1: Which I'm narrating. I wouldn't mind oh, that. Yes. Wouldn't mind that at all. I think the Pittsburgh game is winnable. I think the Patriots oh. game is winnable. I think the Jets game is is winnable as well. But
0: they need one win to make the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. Right. One win. Right.
2: One win one win for it. the playoffs and for DJ Supreme here to cash his twenty dollar butt. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and no and you know, the only thing in their way outside of the stuff that went wrong, I think the recurring theme of what has gone wrong, the Brian Dable bullshit. Yeah,
0: and it's, <laughs> oh, listen, we'll get into that.
2: This, yeah, this, yeah. Will, this,
0: yeah. will, this will tie into it, but I think a big thing, I just too. wanted to drop no, that seriously. one. <laughs> no, seriously, though. It's always yeah. it's settling for three, right. never capitalizing on those touchdowns, but it's also capitalizing on turnovers. Once wow. again, yep. what happens? Allen, the Bills' fourth drive of the game. Sack, fumble what happens ravens then answer make it 10 nothing oh then what happens that big int yeah. yep by a, by, great, it, by, great play it, it was Edmonds. and then after the int nothing. Don't, we don't answer nothing. no, answer, no points, no with, points. With, the, Three with, with the great field position allen hey. throws a duck yeah. and a double coverage it's almost intercepted and then it get then he gets sacked and takes, yeah. and takes an awful sack
2: no that was something they said like live time on the broadcast where as we were about to punt that ball away is that like You know, you can't leave those points, you know, those points off a turnover. You can't leave them on the field like that. And there was a lot of points. There were a lot of points that were left on the field today, in my opinion, which is something that just... Just uh, it's can't, so it, can't,
1: it can't happen at this point in the season either. That's my biggest frustration is that at this point in the season, this late in the season, we we can't do that. We can't. We did it against Cleveland and that was bad enough. Cleveland is abysmal yep. this season. I mean, they're, they're terrible. They're a mess. We don't want to stoop down to the level of our opponent. And we've done that in the cases of loss and even some wins.
0: My question for you, Ryan Thomas, is. The Bills know, like the NFL knows, is that Allen struggles against the Blitz, against the Rush. How do we not have an answer for that yet? How is it week whatever against the Ravens at home? You have 10 days to prepare. You know they have a top defense. They can bring the heat. How does how do all f- through four quarters we don't have a way to answer that? I, that's that's what's so mind boggling to me is that we could not adjust, right. we could not make Allen be successful. I just
1: honest, honest, my honest take and Thomas take it or leave it, folks. But I believe that the fact that Buffalo has been really rolling with two healthy running backs all season, practically all season long, I guess you could say, yep. that is becoming a factor in the dog days of December. I don't know Frank Gore personally. I don't, I'm don't. i not his, his physical therapist or anything, but I think Frank Gore's got a lot of bumps and bruises. Maybe they used him a lot in the early weeks where he's um, not fully healthy. Maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. Devin Singletary, I thought they could have used him. The way they used him today, he had an effective stat line, no doubt about it, but... The key to that game plan is Josh Allen getting the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible. We see it with Drew Brees to the tune of six touchdowns today. We see it with Tom Brady for the last 20 years. That's what they're going to work on with Josh Allen. He's got to be able to get the ball out of his hand quickly and and know his reads. And there's a lot of hesitation there with Josh Allen and his decision-making, and that's what led to the events that happened today.
2: Right, and there was a little bit of execution or, you know, miss execution if you will. Hey, I don't Dermot know if said I'm that creating in the post a word. Game. Yeah, there was... I mean, they did try and dial up some screenplays. They did try and dial up some passes to Singletary, to Gore, to the outside, to get some chunk yardage. I just think it was a lack of execution. I don't know if it was that Dable didn't have it in, in plan in store for the rest of the game. You know, understanding that Baltimore is probably going to bring pressure at some point. I just think that we couldn't get it done today. You know, Allen... It wasn't all his fault today. I mean, no. there were there were drops all over the field. I mean, there were a right. variety of players. It wasn't it wasn't just single or Gore. I mean, Dawson Knox left a couple out there. He did. Uh, Foster. Yes, he did. What yep. was he? Four targets. Zero, zero catches. catches. Zero right, catches. Right. So you know you can't put it all on Allen. I mean, he didn't. The, with that being said, he didn't look great. Right. But you know it, it was a team loss today, for
1: sure, for sure. And I, but I do think though there is something to be said for when those drops are. Uh, occurring Josh Allen is is waiting to throw the ball too long that's what I saw today I saw him not get the ball out of his hand quick enough and and just maybe reading the field almost too much or not enough there needs to be like that middle balance where the ball's Coming, coming to him, he knows the play. He knows – he. Sh- at least he should. He should know what the routes are that yep. he, he's looking for. And it looked like he was very confused, befuddled just um, yeah. during the headlights. And I think it had something to do with that foot injury too. He looked like that was affecting him mentally. It's the, the body language on his face, he just looked concerned and, and out of his, out of his yeah, element. Yeah, lack, lacking confidence yeah.
2: for sure.
0: Yeah, and just real quick, guys, it's already – Ten to eight. We got Oilers Sabers coming up. So before we get to the takeover player takeaway train wreck of the game, want to get into the second half a little bit mm-hmm. and get your thoughts, Ryan, yep. real quick. What happened on that first drive with Hayden Hurst? How did he get that open? What the hell? I mean, that was just so deflating right. to come back after halftime. It's a six ball game, and boom, you're back down a lot.
1: That was my turning point of the game, without a doubt. The Bills know that their defense is going back out onto the field, and that Baltimore's offense will be back out onto the field. And Baltimore knew that they had to throw something new at Buffalo's defense, and they threw something at them that they did not show—a two-tight end set with Hayden Hurst and uh, Mark Andrews, who ended up leaving the—you know—kind of having some bumps and bruises later in the game. But Hayden Hurst just streaked down the field. Jordan Poyer. I believe, thought that it was a run play. Mm-hmm. And as soon as He's Jordan Poyer took a step in, Hurst just ran right by him, and Lamar saw it and, and got him the ball. And that's that's another kind of uh, backtrack to my point on Allen. Lamar saw him open and got the ball out of his hand. When you see yes. the guy open, get the ball out of your hand. Definitely. Don't hold on to it and hesitate. Uh, Lamar didn't hesitate, and that really changed the momentum of a game that ended up in a 24-17 to 17 score. That's that's the winning touchdown right there it essentially.
2: It is. Yeah, it was a it was a tough break for the Bills coming out of the half cuz I I mean, we've seen it time and time again where the Bills do that to their opponents and sort of set the tone coming out of the half. Um, that's I mean, the it, second that,
1: time too. That that's my first thought. I, mean, I was having flashbacks of Miles Sanders in the Philadelphia game, where right. halftime
2: came, they came oh, back, and Miles sort of like Sanders okay, let's, burned them for sixty yards. Yeah, like let's <laughs> see, like, let's see. All right, that? yeah, yeah. Second <laughs> half, we got a new half of football, right. and then it's like they closed the door right on us, and we've done that time and time again, as I just said. Yeah, right, I mean, right, right. So it, you know, a little give and take, but yep. you know, it. it I give a, the Bills a lot of credit for playing this one out to the final whistle. I mean, they've done that all year, week in, week out, win and loss. You know, and the, and and you couldn't say the same about Bills teams have past. No, so you very know they,
1: well disciplined and, and mentally tough.
2: Yes, you know sure. they're going to be in it for these last three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but uh, the only counter counterpoint you I want to throw there is that they're nine and three. are right. nine and four.
2: Nine and four. Yeah. Right.
0: Usually in December or November, they're either out of it or in the barely in the hunt. Yeah, right. That's the biggest difference. Yeah, I mean, I respect this team under McDermott right now to not be quitting against the Ravens in right. the third or fourth quarter Yeah, with home.
2: everything that's at stake. No, it's, that's definitely a fair point, for sure.
0: So, n- next thing to both of you guys. The Allen throwing it up to Foster. Crowd going absolutely ballistic. Looking for a pass interference. Looking for, because that was, I think that was like the end of the third, right? Or it was a timeout. Or, there was something yeah, in that something range. something in that yep. range. I yeah. feel like where McDermott had time to make it. So, everyone's like thinking, should he challenge it? Yep. What were both your guys' thoughts on that one?
1: I honestly, I was shocked that Sean McDermott didn't challenge it. And it's it's not a, um, a negative towards McDermott for not, challenge it, me, not challenging that play. Me, personally, I would have thrown that flag. I can only speak for myself and say I would have thrown it because these coaches and, and owners kind of lobbied for the NFL to make some sort of a change or put a wrinkle in the rule that if there is a uh, believed play to be pass interference, yep. that the coaches would have the authority to throw that flag. And coaches are either not throwing the flag... Or they're throwing the flag in moments that are not truly pass interference or, or contested. That was I, true pass interference. That like that was, was a, I, you saw his a, arm a, a true it it right. Had it. The ball wasn't even anywhere near him yet, and that was a really crucial moment in that it was game. Huge, huge, Dude, huge moment, the biggest moment of that game. <laughs> it
0: was right in front of me, but I could not believe that the that the refs didn't make the call on that. But yeah, they called the, the pass interference on Beasley kind of flopping and putting and on a show. That's a great point, too. One.
1: It shouldn't have to come to a coach challenging that. No. The NFL referees should be competent enough to say flag, and they were not.
2: Yep, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. They, it should have never come down to a challenge that it was a clear-cut pass interference. I don't care if it, if it was Jordan Poyer or Trey White doing it to a Baltimore Raven. It would have been P.I. as well. I right. You right. Know, like, there's no homerism in me saying that. No, that's P. not all. He grabbed, like, we saw, we got... We had the benefit yeah. of seeing the slow mo replay at Rec Room, where he grabs him with two hands before, before the ball is delivered, yeah. and then reaches over and slaps him over the helmet as he knocks it down. I mean, I, and the guy and the ref was standing right in front of him. I just don't, I, I don't understand it. At the same time, like I I don't even know, like if I can be mad at McDermott for not throwing the flag because it's such a low like success rate. Yeah, the given, coaches, given the yeah. coaches' challenges on these plays yeah. throughout the course of the season, I, I can't really be mad at McDermott for not throwing the flag, especially because he was on the refs, something that you might not have seen front at the game. But there was a there was a series at the end of the second quarter where McDermott they just kept like a close like a <laughs> like a close up screen on him and he was going off on the refs. There were too many too many men on the field for Baltimore
1: yeah, and then for they ball. just let they just let exactly. that drive McDermott, continue like it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, McDermott
2: was not acting very papal in that yeah. <laughs> in that situation <laughs> no. as the pope of the process we know him to be. So I I can't say I. Blame him for not throwing the flag. Right. But that is a that is a call that is so blatant, it's so clear cut. Oh my God. You What's shouldn't doing? have to throw the flag, and it shouldn't no. be like Even the Ravens refs worried about knew. undermining their <laughs> <Yeah>. crew. <It's, laughs> it, it was ridiculous. The-
0: and great decision by Allen there, too. Yeah, it was. He eluded yeah. the pressure, yeah. and then he looked downfield, saw single coverage. You got to do that. You, you have to throw it up. So 50 50 seats. You might get that it PI yeah. call. Yeah. If, the, if, the, and he if the defender picks it off. Great play by him. Eventually,
1: eventually, you know, we did get that PI call as the game wore on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got right, right. so yeah. we got
0: that makeup call also on that drive. Um, the personal foul call and they mm-hmm. when he threw a yep. single to the ground. Yeah, yep. So before that, Ravens go up twenty-four to nine, and then the Bills answer right away. There's a big play to Knox, Singletary. There was a great this, catch. This is a funny this is a funny random moment I wanted to bring up. How <laughs> funny the Ravens going offsides on purpose. <laughs> he <laughs> stood behind Allen. I don't know who. Oh it was.
2: my ah. god! We're all
0: like, "What is going <laughs> on?" Oh, yeah. it was hilarious. I heard that it it on was... the
2: story. It was just like you know the emoji with like the monocle. Like.
0: <laughs> it was so <laughs> damn funny because they they knew that their their defense was gassed. They oh, didn't yeah. they didn't have the right people on the field. So, plus like, it
2: was short yardage, so yeah, yeah, it, was it, was, sure, yeah. it wasn't like so a full five exactly. yards or whatever. Right, so right. it
0: goes from what the two and a half to the one and a half or whatever right. it was. Yeah, like, they didn't and, care. But it was that just shows that how well coached that team in. they took it on purpose but what happened that first play I think it was Gore or Singletary got stuffed for a two-yard loss yep second yep. second goal what happens Allen's got to take a timeout so it's just like
1: yeah when you take that time out there it's like
0: come on you yeah, got to so, get them so so, it moving so my, yeah. big, my biggest thing is there you took that time out there when you're moving you ran the ball you want to keep that defense on the field right but you didn't challenge to lose a timeout, time, Yeah, That's my biggest right. thing. That's so you, frustrating. They when use Alan their challenge time out,
1: to time out inefficiently, 100%. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great
0: point. My yeah, final point. question for both of you guys. I want to hear your answers on this. Sure. Before we get to this, the takeaway, yep. the Thomas takeover. Your thoughts on going for two. By I lo- McDermott at that, at That uh, what was it? That was, that yeah. was making a, a seven-point I loved it.
1: Yeah, I would have done the exact same thing. I, I loved it. I thought that that was the right time, the right moment. The momentum was in our hands. The ball was on our side, and they have the pieces to mm-hmm. get plays like that. Cole Beasley is one of the most dependable slot guys in the league, and he's been since since his days in Dallas. So um, that was a huge moment in the game for sure.
2: Yeah, I was with that 100%. And I love how aggressive McDermott has been in his play calling in those situations, whether it's his call, whether it's Dable's call. I'm sure right. it, you know he gives executive approval, yep. if you will, right, right. on those play calls. But he's been doing that all season, and that was something that I've criticized him heavily for in yep. the past. So – yeah, no no issues with that plus that makes it cuz if if we would have kicked the field goal we would have to go for two anyway to at least tie the game or, yeah. or take the right. lead. You're
1: not playing catch and up that way. Yeah, dude. we're not
2: playing catch up and we're not mm-hmm. chancing it down the stretch. We would at least know what we need to do. Okay. You know, later yeah. in the game. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Guys,
0: guys, I'm going to be honest. maybe I'm more old school. Uh my bro- <laughs> my bro- my brother was saying go for two. And I said before it happened, I said, no chance. I thought there was no way McDermott would do oh, it. Oh, wow. I'm really, so I'm yeah. more of the old school guy. I was thinking, kick it. Because it was a, more geared. than two minutes so left. It, 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 that, were,
2: were you saying no way that McDermott would go for it? And, and was that factoring into your decision making? Like, if you were McDermott in that situation, would you have went for one or two?
0: Uh, guys, I'll be honest. I would have kicked it. Because, because hey, if, you're, you know, if, you're, if you're down nine points and then you now then it's a, it's a two-possession game again, that's deflating, but, hey, I mean, hey, it's a great play. I'm, I'm happy he did it to make it a seven-point game. He kept that defense. They retired yep. on the field, which I guess that factors into it, yeah, too. But sure. I, maybe I'm more old-school mentality. I thought making a one-possession game guaranteed because if you don't get that, then you're you really in trouble. you have to get trouble. two more yeah. scores against that Ravens defense, which how the offense has been playing all day, I don't know. Right,
2: right. Yeah, That's just me. A but def- definitely a play to win. Definitely to play win to, by yeah. Oh, I love it.
0: Yep. Uh, but let, let's get right into it. Everyone's favorite part of the show Let's throw. Let's go. The Thomas takeover player of the game. The Thomas takeover
1: player of the game for me is Cole Beasley, actually. And we were just, you know, mentioning the two point conversion. Uh, Cole Beasley easily could have been the takeover player of the game last week against his old team, the Dallas Cowboys. I really, I I feel like Cole Beasley is finding his footing in the offense as much as I saw. Him visibly frustrated in today's game, not getting enough targets for how open he was in moments in today's game. Um, I thought he did really well. You know, the moments that he had the ball in his hands, he got the yards after catch, did all the little things that lead to him being the effective player that he's always been.
0: Yeah. Now, the Thomas train wreck of the game.
1: The Thomas train wreck of the game for me is the Buffalo Bills offensive line. <laughs> they were overmatched from bell to bell. Um, There was a heavyweight title fight this past weekend, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz, and Anthony Joshua pretty much jabbed his way to a decision. That's what the Baltimore Ravens did on Buffalo's offensive line. They just kept jabbing their way through the line, just methodical, nothing too crazy. These blitzes, as as we talked about with the uh, Buffalo, you know, there were 30,
0: but they were obvious,
1: to me oh, like F- they weren't disguised
0: oh, no <laughs> they weren't it was like five it was five <laughs> or six right. people on the line maybe a couple backers right through, and they were going they were, straight they were them. so yep. obvious in buffalo's offensive line
1: the whole day
0: yeah they is, looked gassed this is no this, this is no bill belichick disguised blitzing this right, is right. literally no, get the guys on the line There yep, they <laughs> come and there they go <laughs> yep
2: oh so, uh, yeah, no, the offensive line to add to that point was looking like Alistar Overeem's lip oh. after that cut. I don't know if either of you guys yeah, saw I did. that. I saw it. Yeah, he unfortunately, was I saw it. Of his face oh. after he took a, a nasty one in the fight over the weekend. Yeah, that's what the offense. Look it up if you haven't seen it. That's what our Bills' <laughs> offensive line looked like today.
0: My God. And then let's do the, everyone's favorite, the Thomas Takeaway.
1: Thomas Takeaway. This game, we can go player for player, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. As fun and as cute as that is, I like the coaching matchups better. John Harbaugh versus Sean McDermott. I thought John Harbaugh won every round 10 to 9. This was a 10-9 round for John Harbaugh. I thought his performance today, coaching this Ravens team, preparing them when Buffalo had more time technically to, to prepare. No, they for, did. They did, yeah. They did have more time. And I thought the Ravens looked phenomenal on both sides of, of the ball. The, the offense had its moments, but the defense was fully prepared for, but, and for this
0: game. And that's what I'm saying is that you know, the Bills had 10 days to prepare after a Thursday game. It, the, the Ravens had to beat the San Francisco 49ers at home. Mm -hmm. arguably the best team in the NFC, and then come to Buffalo on the road. And everyone thought that, you know, this is the week that they could take an L. They were due for a clunker, and they kind of were offensively, but they still found a way to get it done in Buffalo.
1: Right, and little moments in the game, like you mentioned, where they're managing their timeouts and managing, doing the little things, making a guy offside so they can get an extra breath or two, like little things like that. Those are like Bill Belichick-esque Things that he does that yeah. Harbaugh did today, <laughs> and
0: my brother was telling me today, you know, at this game that the Harbaugh and the Ravens they are very analytical. Mm-hmm. They've changed in their way. Like you've you noticed, they don't even return kickoffs. No, you nope. guys noticed that Not one. They just no. let the ball land. They don't touch it because they want to start on the twenty-five every single time. Yep. And how about Roberts? Roberts will take it out, and we'll, Bills wind up on the 15, 16, 17 yard line, while the Ravens only need seventy five yards every time because they're going from the twenty five.
2: Who does Roberts think he is, Devin Hester? Uh, like, right, just Ray. take cut your losses, bro. Come on,
0: I don't understand it. I would, yeah, de- I, mean, de- I would, I
2: would deactivate
1: that guy just just for a week to set the tone. Yeah, I, honestly, I, 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 I would sit him for a week, maybe. Just t- tons, just,
0: of, tons yeah. of respect though for Harbaugh and the organization. <laughs> seriously, oh, yeah, for a team for sure that everyone preseason was talking about the Browns, was talking about the Steelers to win that division. And now the Baltimore Ravens are, even before this week, Super Bowl favorites.
2: Yep, and I was one of them. I mean, donkey of the week here. With I mean, the, the Ravens are unreal, and you know what they say about defense, boys.
0: Wins, championships. championships. And the Bills have a championship caliber defense. Right. We're, a, we're, right. we're literally, why,
2: why else are us in New England in it? I well, mean, our offense is about, like, Baltimore, New England's yeah. offense has been a joke all year, just like ours. Right.
1: But, there's, right. but our defenses are sick. Finish it off. All these things, I'm I'm complimenting the Ravens, but I I do have to say I still I still don't envision them in the big game. Come the seasons, come seasons end in the Super Bowl. You don't. I don't. And I and I think it goes to the fact that with all the things that we talked about, I thought the Buffalo Bills could have easily won this game. The Ravens just did the little things. Right, more right, I guess you could say, in comparison. I still think Kansas City is bound to explode as an offense. But I feel like the Ravens Ravens might be the more complete team. They can expose
0: that defense for sure. It's
1: true. But big big win today
0: for Kansas City. Right,
1: right. Huge win. And
0: it's just, Ryan, it kills me that everything happened that the Bills needed today. And it's something that's that's just classic once again. It's just devastating Uh, that, you know, that we could have been partying our asses off right now. Right. Thinking about that. we would the been going hard right now. (laughs) Heading into Pittsburgh next week. But folks, thanks for joining us once again on the Thomas Takeover postgame show here at Studio D in Cheek to Vegas. Once again, the show available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Ryan Thomas, DJ Supreme, the General, good night now.